Good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so happy that you're here today because God's Word is going to build you up strong, 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 strong to help you accomplish all that He has called you to do and so that you are developed into, into the mature image of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son. Now today we're going to be in Romans chapter 10. Let's go to verse 10. We're going to talk today about the subject of your mouth, which is designed by God to be the compass for your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures so that we have understanding of them and that we could thus make easy application of them in our lives. We thank you that your word produces victory in every facet of our life. And for that, we give you all of the praise. We thank you in advance in Jesus' name. And we all agree and say, Amen. Romans 10, verse 10. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. This is fascinating. When we believe on the inside, we then speak on the outside. And this gives birth to what we know as the creative force of faith. And faith is extremely creative, praise God. Now, this is, of course, the biblical method to receive salvation, or as we would say, to receive eternal life in Christ. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what Scripture says, promises, and assures us. And of course, so many of us have believed that, and we have called on the Lord, and He certainly did His part, and He saved us. We are now born again in the family of God. But it begins, it begins with speaking from the heart. Now, this is important because this is a principle. In the same way you used your mouth to make a confession unto salvation, which brought eternal life into your spirit, forgiveness of sins. Well, it's not a one-time thing where you think, well, that was great. I used it for that. I'll never need it again. No, you make the same application for deliverance, salvation, victory, and other facets of your life as well. So you're going to be using your mouth to see victory won also in these other areas. And that's what some people don't understand. They used their mouth once to receive Christ, which is the greatest thing you could ever receive, which is to receive him, the person into your heart. But you can also use your mouth to receive and to bring forth the creative power of God, the expression of faith in these other areas as well. That will make your world very beautiful, one that you certainly enjoy living in. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we speak the word, and of course, we speak the word from our heart, not from our toe, not from our elbow. And this is very important, not even in a sense from our intellect, not from our intellect, but rather from our heart. This requires, uh, as you will know, this requires laboring in the word and we labor in the Word not to gain some kind of vast encyclopedic type of mental knowledge 
of the word. When I say mental knowledge, I'm talking about perhaps like memorization of scriptures or just reading a whole bunch of scriptures, although that's good. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about laboring in the word, not to gain a vast volume of scriptures, but rather we're laboring in the word to gain a depth of insight into selective scriptures or the context of a paragraph or the context of a parable or a story. Sometimes the context and the deeply loaded meaning of even one statement from God or one scripture. Praise the Lord. How many times have you seen precious young children that are raised in the ways of the Lord and perhaps at home, maybe even in school, perhaps if they go to a private Christian school, they are encouraged or sometimes instructed to memorize a scripture. So maybe during a certain week, the child will come home and say, Mom, Dad, this is what I learned in school. I memorized this scripture, this verse in school today, and they recite it and parents are happy, and uh, it's wonderful. But here's the thing. Uh, You can memorize a scripture and have no clue in the world what it means. You can commit it to mental memory, but you don't even know what it means. So what we're talking about today is not a gathering of a volume of scriptures where we can quote this and quote that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Uh, uh, not being a mile wide and an inch deep. We're talking about having concentrated depth in specific areas in which we need victory. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Now, it is the scriptures that you understand and speak that you'll find in life. Those are the ones that work for you. Woo! Praise God. And the clearer, of course, that you understand a certain scripture, the stronger your convictions become. And when the scripture, God's word fills your heart, then you can speak with boldness and things will begin to change. You can speak things that technically they, you could consider them to be doctrinally correct, but if it does not move from your head to your heart, then the results, which would be victory, those results that you're wanting to see, they're not materializing. And so this has escaped many believers in the faith. I want to talk today about what can be the missing link. Uh, That's a word sometimes or a phrase used in anthropology, the missing link. (laughs) Well, there is a missing link. It's the revelation of God as creator. But we're talking about a different subject today. And uh, this is the link of having a living understanding of the scripture that can produce the victory that you're desiring. Now, here is what I have discovered, and I wrote it down, and I want to share this with you. It's only the gold nuggets and the precious gems of scripture that work their way into your heart by you laboring in the word that produce convictions that produce the winning results you want. It's not memorizing the complete book of Ezekiel. That's wonderful if you can do that. That, that, That's a great blessing. But what I'm talking about is you're taking the select ones that are speaking life to you, and you're meditating on them, and it's those gold nuggets that are working their way past your head, past your intellect, down into the very heart where they become the core of your being. They become your convictions. They become the way that you live your life. 
and it's those golden nuggets and it's those precious gems coming into your heart. Those are the ones that will give you the results that you're wanting. Not all this stuff, all this, all and there's a lot of, there's a lot of great teaching. There's a lot of great voices. You're going to have to settle down, listen to the voices that really help get the gems and the nuggets into you, or else you you could uh, end up being a, a Christian that you're like a walking encyclopedia. You have all kinds of knowledge, but yet in the areas where you need victory the most, it's not producing. That's because the head knowledge does not have the ability to do that, although that, that is important. Okay, we want to have a good knowledge base, but we're talking about going deep, deep, praise God, and that's what the Lord wants us to have. Um, a little bit of my background, many of you are familiar with. I grew up in a very strict denominational church that I wouldn't call it mainline. Uh, I won't name the name of the, the uh, denomination. I have great love and admiration for those that are in that denomination. Uh, we walked in the light that we had. Now, of course, as with any denomination within the body of Christ, most People, whether you're Baptist or, or whatever you might be, or let's say Episcopalian or Presbyterian, or it doesn't even matter if it's Catholic or Orthodox, most people within their stream think we are the sole guardians of the real truth. We have all the truth. Well, okay, I'm familiar with that feeling, but that's actually called pride. <laughs> and the closer you get to God, the more you have great respect for others that would be in the faith, but maybe are in a different stream, but yet you can cross-pollinate if you have enough wisdom and you can pull the best so that you can uh, be like Joseph, have the coat of many colors, walking in more than just one singular type of revelation. Praise God. But we grew up and we were real sticklers in our denomination for uh, putting an emphasis on don't going beyond the word, staying solely with the word. And, uh, you know, I would hear preachers say, well, if it's not mentioned in scripture, we're not going to do it. And, uh, of course, those in that denomination that I was raised in would say that musical instruments are not mentioned in the New Testament. Therefore, we don't have drums. We don't have pianos. We don't have organs. We don't have any, no, no banjos, nothing. It doesn't matter if you can play it. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're in a band. We don't allow it in the church. <laughs> and so all, all that was done in church was singing, and all of it, 100% of it, was a cappella. Now, um, this is interesting because, you know, uh, just because perhaps, uh, by, by the way, uh, uh, Worship is mentioned in the New Testament. There's the mention of harps, and there's the mention of other things like that. But uh, you can't you can't get goofy with certain doctrines like, well, if the Bible doesn't mention it, we're not going to do it. Well, the Bible doesn't tell you the word deodorant, uh, but I sure hope that you do. Uh, the Bible doesn't tell you to brush your teeth, but I I hope that you do. The Bible doesn't tell you whether you should have tile or carpet in your house, but I hope that you have something in there besides dirt uh, because you have options and these are choices that you can make. So while we're going to follow the word, uh, we're also going to walk in the overall illumination that's shining out of it, praise God. And I'm not dodging ever the Old Testament. The Old Testament, uh, the Torah, is uh, just loaded with the life of God that still in many ways is applicable to our life today. Now, we're uh, walking, of course, in a new covenant 
which is a better covenant. But don't think for a moment that you can't learn or catch uh, tremendous revelations from what we call the Old Testament. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when I was raised in church, um, I'll give you an example. I, I, I just want to share this because of the emphasis that in the circles I grew up in, uh, in the area of learning scripture. I sat in church one time and watched a preacher in my denomination uh, quote. He said today, he said, I'm not going to preach. He said, I'm going to quote from 1 Corinthians. And you know what he quoted from 1 Corinthians? The entire book, <laughs> from, for, you know, which is the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. And it took him about 50 minutes, just like if you were to sit down and read through the entire book of 1 Corinthians. It probably takes 50 minutes or an hour. He was, he was quoting at a pretty brisk pace. And he's just standing in the pulpit, Bible closed, no notes, just stand, stood there and quoted from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, and never missed one word, never, never fumbled or jumbled one sentence, quoted the entire book flawlessly and perfectly. And me and all the others sat there with our Bibles open, reading along as he quoted it from memory. But here's what's fascinating. Remember, it's not the volume of Scripture that you're aware of. It's the ability to drill down and get the nuggets and get the gold and get the gems and get them into your heart. You're going to have to go past intellect and get it into your heart. So let me give you a phenomenal example. I could have gone up to that preacher after he quoted. I mean, he was obviously a brilliant man. He had a PhD. Uh, he knew Greek. He knew Hebrew and obviously had a great memory. Uh, so I could have gone up to him afterwards and said, um, his name was Lynn. I could have said, Lynn, Pastor Lynn, um, uh, thank you for that uh, wonderful uh, uh, honoring of God's word by quoting the word of God. And I noticed that you quote it by memory, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which mentions the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Are those for us today, working of miracles and the gift of prophecy? Is that for us today? He just said, oh, oh Lord, have mercy. No, that's not for us. All of that stopped in the first century. Hmm. Okay. I could have said, well, I noticed also that you quoted uh, completely 1 Corinthians chapter 14, which is Paul giving explicit instructions concerning the operation of tongues in your personal life and the gift of tongues and interpretation operated in the church assembly. So uh, is that for today? Because that sounded really cool. He just said, oh, oh, Lord, have mercy. No, that's not for today. That ceased thousands of years ago. When the last apostle died, it all came to an end. Do you see how you can have vast awareness of a great volume of Scripture, but not have understanding? It, it's, it's the light that you have and the depth of knowledge that you have in the word on certain scriptures that put you over, not just this great awareness of what's in there. Because the Bible's, uh, it, it's a tremendous book to read. It's got stories unlike any other type of literature. It's, um, it's an incredible and enjoyable book to read that's in many ways almost impossible to put down. Some of the stories like Joseph, uh, you know, being sold by his brothers into slavery, Joseph being a type of Christ. I mean, this stuff, you, you can't even make uh, drama up like this. This is, and this is real life. 
and uh, of course, you know, David and you know Jesus the Messiah. It's just incredible stories. But you have to drill down into it to extract the life out of it, out of the word, so that it will work for you and not just like, okay, I know about that. No, you have to let it get into your heart, and that's what's going to produce the victory. Praise God. What will happen is that if you don't, you can have all of this uh, uh, knowledge, like you're walking around like an encyclopedia, and you could be listening to a hundred different preachers every week, and you're hearing all this stuff, maybe reading all this stuff. What will happen, though, is you're going to run up against some situations in life that are too, uh, too complex for your intellect to figure out and for uh, you just to start shooting arrows at of Scripture and thinking, this will take care of it. And what, what you will realize is that, hmm, it's not working. And you know what? You're right. It's not working, and I want to explain why and what you can do today to fix it. Praise the Lord. By the way, so much of this victory, as we're staying on subject today, has to do with your mouth. It has to do with your mouth and the things that you say. So um, let's say a person gets walloped with a sickness. I mean, a t- maybe a tough one God comes against them. Like the devil sends a sickness or a disease. And then I've seen it. I've seen it happen so many times. The, the person will suddenly engage and start quoting scripture. By his stripes, I'm healed. And, you know, God quote all these scriptures. And, uh, uh, but, but it's not moving it. It's not backing off the sickness at all. Why? Okay, so let me see if I can answer that question, help you with an uh, an answer concerning that, maybe by asking a question. Here's what I want to ask you today. Let's say you're going into a battle. Let's say you're involved in a war. When do you prepare your weapons? When do you prepare your weapons? Uh, On the front line? Uh, When do you create your bombs? And when do you create uh, and and decide and choose what gun you're carrying into battle? Uh, Do you you figure it all out on the battlefield? No. No. All of that stuff is figured out uh, months, if not years, before you ever go into engagement. You, it's, you have companies that are developing tanks. You have companies that are developing, uh, you know, what we would call new technology to do warfare with. And these are things that are figure out, figured out, tested, proven, and decided long before you ever step foot on the front line, especially before you ever engage the enemy. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. So, what about our training? Let's say you're going into war. When do you start your training? Do you start it the day before the war starts? <laughs> do you start it when you're on the battlefield? Do you try to figure out what to do when the enemy's already shooting bullets at you? Can you see if that's going on, you're already way behind uh, the curve? As they say in the game of pool, you're way behind the eight ball, and that's not good because now, now you're out of position. No, you start your training uh, months, if not years before, so that when you're called up to the front lines and when you engage the enemy in battle, you're ready to bring the heat. You're ready to take it to them. 
So what happens with a lot of Christians is they find themselves with a lot of um, knowledge, a lot of scriptures they can quote, but it has never gotten deep into their hearts and it, it doesn't have this development. So what happens is when the war boom, is on, they start quoting all these scriptures because that's what the preacher says you do. And they, they heard, they heard that, well, this is what you quote. This is the good confession that you make. They're quoting all these scriptures and 90, 98% of it's coming out of their head and it's not working for them. And you have to realize that you have to make that adjustment. Unfortunately, some don't figure it out. And if they're in a war, if they're in a real battle, maybe they're getting hit with something that terminally could take them out and they don't know this and they don't make those adjustments real quick, real seriously, real quick, then the ending would be just like it would be in a natural battle. You're, you very well uh, may not make it out alive. Praise God. So we are living, as Jesus said, in the last days, which he said would be perilous times, times that would make people's hearts faint with fear. So how could you be walking around just, you know, kind of having fun uh, with these things when you are in a spiritual battle and you have to be filled up with the word and you have to have it soak into your heart? Praise the Lord, so that you are able to stand and walk forward in victory. Now, we see this as Jesus quoted from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12. I really like this statement. Matthew, chapter 12, verse 34. I want to drop down to part B, the latter part of the verse. Jesus said, For out of the abundance of the heart, he didn't say out of the heart, he said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, that could either be negative, as is uh, the context right uh, here that he would be referring to, or it could be positive by being filled with good things. But whatever is flooding and filling your heart, that's what you're going to speak. And when you're in war, you're, what's going to come out is what you've put in. When you're in an intense battle, if all you have put in are reality TV shows and uh, goofing off and spending all day on the golf course or just having fun, you know, cruising through life, having fun. And God wants you to enjoy your life. But my friends, if you're not filling yourselves with the word and having your heart full of the word, then when you go to fire the artillery, uh, the weaponry will not be there. It's just going to be intellectual. And that does not move a spiritual enemy. He only respects true spiritual power. And that is what is generated by faith from the word within your heart, but it's got to be full. And when it's full, you can't help but speak. Praise God. Mm -mm. And Jesus said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You have to have your heart so full of those scriptures that are speaking life to you, that that gold and those gems are in you, that when you do need to address the situation, there's not a speck of fear. You're full of faith. And when you talk, now creative power is being released and that produces the results that you're looking for. But you're going to have to labor in the word to stay filled up. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Once you are convinced and your heart is full, then you release the creative power of God. And this is an eternal principle as we see from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1. Let's go there just for a moment. Genesis chapter 1. 
We're dropping down now to verse 3. I'm so glad that you're here today. Genesis chapter 1, the third verse. Then God said, now look, anytime God's going to talk, get ready for some action. Because what the, when God talks, that creative power is going to flow. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Notice, please notice, God said it before it ever happened. And you're going to have to do the same thing. This is the way that it works. What you're not willing or able to loudly and publicly proclaim will never manifest in your life. Well, Pastor Stephen, I believe it will. Well, if you believe it will, how come you won't say it? Woo, I want to I wanna read that again. What you are not able to loudly and publicly proclaim will never manifest in your life. Notice God did it publicly, and not only did he do it publicly, he put it in writing. Oh, Pastor Steve, I, I, I might say it, but uh, no, don't ask me to sign on it. Why are you backpedaling? The only reason a person backpedals is they're not convinced Therefore, when the heat comes or the questions come or criticism comes, they start to backpedal. They start to backpedal. Pastor Stephen, you say that God doesn't want us to uh, uh, be poor. Well, uh, uh, you know, uh, shouldn't, shouldn't we all just be homeless? No, no, I've got too much of the word in me to uh, start backpedaling off that. I will not apologize for what God's word said. By the way, I've tried, I've tried the other. So if somebody really wants to act like they're being humble and they really want to embrace poverty, go do what I did. I lived homeless. I know what it's like. I'm not being metaphorical. I'm not being, I'm not using uh, some type of symbolic language. I lived out of a cardboard box. I know what it's like to look for food in a trash can. But, well, Pastor Stephen, what, what in the world changed you from going from a life where you were actually in something like that to where you are now ministering the gospel around the world and uh, preaching the full gospel, which includes everything that Jesus' atonement accomplished for us, which would include prosperity? How come you preach it so strong? I'll tell you why, because I'm convinced what God said. I'm not just saying this because some other preachers that I like say it. I say it because I've gotten into the word and the word has gotten into me and I'm not going to ever, ever back off of it. I don't like poverty. It stinks, literally. (laughs) Woo, praise God. It doesn't make me happy to see people homeless. It doesn't make me happy to see little children uh, not have enough food. I don't see anything whole, uh, holy about that. I see the devil and things like that. So God is using me as a vehicle that he can speak through and uh, pour his word through to bring what? Light and understanding the people that may not know what God's will is concerning this. Praise God. Mm-mm. Convictions. Convictions. If you're not con- if you're not convinced, somebody's going to rattle you. If you're not completely sold on it, uh, the enemy will poke you and and uh, he'll mess with you in those areas. And the only way that you settle these things where you're willing to die over it because you will not renounce your faith 
Now, I'm not just talking about faith in God, but faith also in what Jesus purchased for you at Calvary. I'm not backing off of these things. The only way you have such convictions is because the gems, the nuggets of gold have got from God's word have gotten inside of you and you've caught the revelation. Hallelujah. And if others haven't, uh, God bless them. But I'm going on with the Lord just as I know you are too. Woo! Praise God. Can you imagine what it's going to be like one day when we all get to heaven and you see all of these Christians that love Jesus, but they never caught certain revelations. And so they mocked and ridiculed the other Christians who walked in the light. And when they get to heaven, they're going to have to go to all those classes. <laughs> <laughs> and learn all of those things that we actually learned down on the earth. See, Abraham, when he was going to make that very critical sacrifice, the, uh, and he had the, uh, all these animals split in half that he was going to make the sacrifice, these vultures tried to come down and devour up the, the revelation. And so Abraham is fighting off the birds of the air. You, while you're on this earth, you have to fight through all types of evil spirits and all types of, uh, false information. And you have to hunger after the truth and you have to say, no devil, no, you're not going to consume what, uh, God has, uh, designed here or what God is doing here. And he fought those birds off and, you know, get up to some of those vultures. We have the turkey vultures here, and they're pretty big animals. And so, you, but you have to say, oh, no, 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 this is not for you. Get back. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Fight for what is yours. Walk in the light of God's word. Praise the Lord. Lord, we give you praise today. Mm -mm. So what is going forth from your mouth will determine what your life will become. Mm -mm. And until you are able to declare it, you're never going to possess it. It's time to rise up and be bold in your faith. And if you're bold in your faith, it's going to come out in your proclamation in the things that you say. Praise the Lord. I will admit that this is a mystery of faith, this element of speaking and holding to the living truth of God's word. This is a mystery element of faith, but this is how God operates. Pastor Stephen, I don't understand how God can say, let there be light. And, and then the next thing you know is light. That's just the way God set the system up. That's just the way his kingdom works. It works through faith filled words. Praise God. Mm -mm. So um, as you probably have realized, it's not like there's some type of other alternative universe that you can get pulled through a wormhole somewhere in outer space and pop up somewhere and then maybe live it some other way. No, this is God's world. This is God's universe. This is uh, how he designed these laws to operate. So we need to discover them, work with them so that things go well with our lives. Now let's again, look at something that Jesus said, Mark chapter 11, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, Mark 11 verse 23. We see Jesus saying, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have, get ready for this one. He will have whatever 
he says. Wow. Praise the Lord. Mm. Now that you see the importance of filling your heart with the revelatory truths that God is feeding you with, the hidden manna, and your heart's getting full of what God is revealing to you, and you're meditating on that, and your heart is full of the direction and the path that God has for your life, His Word concerning that, then what happens? You, you now open your mouth, and it's like, it's like taking a cannon and loading it, and boom, unleashing that. Praise God. But the cannon's got to be loaded first. The heart is, uh, you're going to speak out of what's in your heart, but your heart has to be full. My friends, and when it's full and you speak the word and you're on that platform, there's going to be explosive reactions. Praise the Lord. And this is why you can speak to a sin habit and you can say in the name of Jesus, you'll never take me down ever again. Praise God. Hallelujah. The word is too strong in me. Hallelujah. For that stuff to ever pull me back. Praise God. Oh, Pastor Jim, I don't know if I'd say that. Maybe the devil would hear that. Yes, yes, he needs to hear it. He needs to hear that you're saying goodbye to him and you're done trying to ride the fence, having one side in darkness, one side in light. You need to say it. And sometimes that's why people never go free because they're not willing to say it. So you need to say, I'm out of here, devil. I'm done with you. Wow, praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Whoever names the name of Christ, let him depart. Say bye-bye to iniquity. Say bye-bye to it. Leave it. Mm -mm. Praise God. That's what uh, Paul was telling Timothy in 2 Timothy. Praise God. These are truths that we have to live by. You know, you can speak to debt, financial debt, and say in the name of Jesus, you're, you're being paid off. And I command you to be uprooted out of my life and be cast into the sea. I speak to all of you foul credit card debts. Be paid off in the name of Jesus. And I'll never go in the debt again ever with every, any credit card. And just blast it. Blast it with the word of God. But to blast it, you have to be filled up in your heart with the word. And that's why some speak. They're technically doing the right thing, but no power is coming out because maybe they're just quoting scriptures that, you know, well, this is what my preacher said I should do, or this is what my friends do, or this is what they do at church, so I'll do that. And, uh, but, you know, it's not working. You have to get into the Word, get your Word, work that Word, praise God. You know, Prophet Kenneth Copeland found the scripture. He went hunting. He went on a journey for a scripture, for a word from God concerning a verse or a scripture that would feed his faith that he could hold on to for the purchase of a jet aircraft for the ministry. And the scripture that God gave to him uh, was, if I'm off the top of my head, I think it's Isaiah chapter 58, verse 14, which says that you shall ride on the high places of the earth. And that's what uh, Brother Copeland stood on. And uh, through that uh, scripture and the power, the latent power of God in that word produced a jet aircraft for him. Oh, well now, Pastor Stephen, you're believing God for a mission jet for your ministry to go out and travel and preach and lay hands on people and minister to people. Pastor Stephen, you're, you're going to go over there and you're going to grab that same verse, aren't you? No, no. I'm going to grab what I find. I have to go on my own treasure hunt. And that's what so many believers don't understand. You have to get in the word for yourself. And see, that word was alive to him. 
But that doesn't mean if you, just because you take it that God's speaking through that word to you. Oh, yes, it's all the word of God, but you have to get the living word, the rainbow word, and then you're going to have to get that into your spirit, the gold and these precious gems, and get it in there and just let it, uh, let it uh, grow and just uh, meditate on it. And it'll push, it'll put you over. See, David, uh, when he had to fight Goliath, he went and picked out his own stones. Why? It's his fight. He's not going to let somebody else pick out the stones or let's use a little prophetic symbolism here or the scriptures. He's not trying to get somebody else's scriptures. He's not going down to the brook, getting somebody else's scriptures. He's going to go down to the brook and he's going to pick out five smooth stones that work for him. Why? Uh, he's going to go up against Goliath. Goliath does have four brothers. And just because sometimes uh, families can get, get involved in these types of situations, he's not taking any chances. So, <laughs> so you need to go find the scripture yourself that will work for you. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Labor in the word. Labor in the word to find the living word that God has for you. And by the way, yes, I do have my own scripture from the word that I turn to, that I stand on for the mission jet for this ministry. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But my friends, that's what you do. You speak. You speak when your heart is full. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, whoever says to this mountain, look, if you don't talk to your mountain, it's not, it's not going to move. Why would you expect it to ever move when, when you're not talking to it? Well, now, Pastor Stephen, it'll, it'll surely go away after a while. Well, a while has got, come and gone, and it's, and it's still there. So you're going to have to talk to it, but you've got to load the cannon first. Your heart has to uh, speak out of a, a position of abundance. Praise the Lord. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have. He will have whatever he says. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Let's go to the book of Proverbs. The book of wisdom. We're going down to, uh, we're going to go to chapter 18. Proverbs 18. And let's look at verse 21 today. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Praise the Lord. So how much life that you enjoy and experience is determined by how much speaking that you do. When you speak death, it comes. When you talk language of death, failure, and defeat, it comes. I've seen it happen uh, to people that talk like that and speak like that. Uh, And when it would happen, it's almost like it was miraculous, but it's not, it's actually not miraculous. It's a law. It's a law. And despite it working right in front of the eyes of people that have it happen to them, they still can't understand it. Why? It's spiritual. It's spiritual. You can live your whole life and not understand it. I, I, I don't understand why that happened to me. It happened because you actually said it would. I, I actually said that. Yep. You sure did. You sure did. You were speaking out of a heart that was, that was in a place of fear and doubt. And then look what happened. Look what happened a couple months later, or maybe it was a few years later. It's exactly what you said would happen. 
Well, that, that, that's the most unusual thing. That's like a miracle. It, it, it's, it's laws working against you. And they're going to work whether you're aware of them or not. So you need to speak life. I've, 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 uh, I've corrected people before sometimes in the things they would say. And I would say, now, let's not say it like that or don't say it like that. Oh, no, 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 Pastor Stephen, you don't understand. Uh, it's going to happen like this. No, it doesn't have to happen like, oh, no, no, Pastor Stephen, you don't understand. It's going to happen like this. No, it does not. Well, they would refuse to hear the words of life and... Uh, then some time would go by and it never happened. What they were saying never happened because it wasn't their life. It was somebody else's life. I said, Hey, I thought you said that was going to happen. This horrible thing was going to happen. Well, it never did happen. I said, I told you not to even say that it would. And it didn't. It didn't. And thank the Lord. They didn't believe like the way you're speaking. <laughs> Look, when you speak life, it flows, it flows. So you have to choose the life that you want. By the way, God, God commands you as a believer, as one of his children. He commands you. It's not an option. He commands you to choose life. So in order to step into that full life experience, you're going to have to weigh your words, gauge your words, and speak out of the abundance of your heart. And so the only way to speak accurately is to get the word in there. Now, again, not just a whole bunch of information, okay? But the right, the right scriptures that, that you need. Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. Uh, the Holy Spirit is moving uh, upon this teaching session right now. And there are some of you, you feel such a desire to speak, and you need to do that. Because, see, the word, the hearing of the word brings, brings faith and some of you have been realizing you're, you're plotting and charting your course in the wrong direction by the words that you're saying. You're saying words really that are just laced with hopelessness and unbelief, and that needs to change, and you, you realize it needs to change right now. So you can set the compass of your life right now by choosing the right words. And just say this, say, from this day forward, I'm going in the right direction. I'm going with the plan that God has for my life. Praise the Lord. Say, I'm free from sin, sickness, disease, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. My friends, you wouldn't believe how many people have told me, Pastor Stephen, it's just a matter of time. You're going to get COVID. Uh, I'm like, is this something that we're all trying to celebrate? Is this like a club that we're all supposed to join? <laughs> I mean, uh, what's next? Cancer? Pastor Stephen, uh, we've all had cancer. You're going to have to get it too. Pastor Stephen, we, uh, we've, all had, um, we've all had a heart transplant. You might as well get ready. No, no in the name of Jesus. Look, listen to me, please, very carefully. When your heart is full of God's healing word, you don't, you don't go around, even if you're working on a project where you're, you're sick and you're using your faith, when you start getting filled up, you don't, you don't even say things like, oh, God, heal me. Oh, Jesus, heal me. Look, God's not moved by all those tears and crying and stuff like that. You have to get past all of that. Yes, God's sympathetic. God's compassionate, stuff like that. But obviously, it's not working. You're going to have to get past that. And you're going to, what happens? You get past this thing of, oh, God, heal me. Oh, God, heal me. You get to a place where you say, this thing cannot stay on me any longer. 
This sickness cannot live in this body anymore. You've got to go. Whatever it is, get out in the name of Jesus. And you just unload the cannon on it every day. And what will happen? The devil will bow. He has to. God said he would. Well, Pastor Stephen, I I see people try it. It's not working. I've seen countless Christians try it. It's not working because they're not filled up. But they're flinging them scriptures out there faster than the cowboy can rodeo calf. Boy, they're shooting scriptures out like you wouldn't be like a machine gun. It's all coming out of their head. Bullets flying everywhere. And it, it doesn't work. I've, I've seen some, uh, uh, you know, claiming healing. By your stripes, I'm healed. A couple months later, they're dead. And the whole time, I could tell that it just had a rattle in it. It didn't have any life in it. And you tried to talk to them and help them. A lot, of, a lot of also what people are running up to in cases like that is they've never prepared for war. And when they're suddenly engaged in a real war, they're like, oh, oh you know, oh, now we better learn these scriptures. Uh, yeah, but you're on the battlefield now. You're, you're on the battlefield now, and the enemy is bringing the heat fast. <laughs> and the enemy can get a whole lot of people to agree to him. Then doctors pile on you. Oh, yeah, this is real bad. You're probably going to be dead in two months, you know, wherever the case might be. And thank God for doctors. They're just doing what they can from a natural perspective. But I'm telling you, if your heart gets full, it, it's like that anointing, it starts snapping yokes. It starts snapping yokes. And you start standing up and say, oh, am I, I may be still in this situation from the, what the circumstances are showing, but these conditions are going to bow to the word of God. They're going to bow to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But my friends, to have that power trip, you're going to have to get in the word, praise God, and just meditate, let it get into your spirit. And then when you open your mouth, you're going to put the devil on the run and he will back off. You better believe he will. Praise God. Hallelujah. There are some things I'm not, uh, you know, I just, uh, look, I'm never going to have an accident and check out prematurely. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you never know. You might slip on a banana peel tomorrow. I am not slipping on anything. Hallelujah. And uh, even if something knocked me over, God's going to protect me and keep me. Trust me. If the enemy could, he would have killed me multiple times over and over because I've had God preserve my life against many attacks or uh, so-called slip-ups that the enemy planned. But yet you still see me here smiling, well-preserved, praise God, and blessed by the Lord. It's because of God's goodness. It's because of leaning on the Lord's word, praise God. Mm -mm. These are perilous times. Please do not get away from the master. Get real close to him. To get close to him is to get close to his word. How can you say you love God and you can't even find the book of Psalms? <laughs> All you have to do is open up the Bible. It's in the middle. <laughs> Pastor Stephen, I've been a Christian for three years. I met a person one time that had been a Christian for 18 years. Uh, didn't even know what the book of Job was. Okay, praise God. Well, again, perhaps we don't need to be walking encyclopedias, but if, uh, uh, when you're on your hunt, when you're on your pursuit, you're going to get all of that intellectual goodies. You're, you're going to get all of that. You're going to know the Bible like the back of your hand, but it's, it's the living ones. Those are the ones that put you over. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's a settling taking place right now.
Hallelujah. Somebody's gotten the key, and they're going to begin to walk out. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I speak blessing over your people. This is their lifting up time because the word is lifting them, and they're riding on that anointing of your word. Thank you, Father, for the miracle. Thank you for the breakthrough. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, there's some prophets, uh, it seems like every day they put out a prophecy. This is the way your day is going to be. This is what God has planned for your life. You know, all of those prophecies, all of those things, they won't work if you don't know what God requires of you. So you have to know your part because, because not every prophecy, but almost every prophecy is conditional. It's condition-based. We have our part to play. If we do our part, then we commit God to fulfill his word and to do what he said he would do. And by the way, we all know that God's going to do his part. So, <laughs> so we have to be busy doing our part. If you don't, then all those prophecies, it just turns into like, a, like almost like a melting pot, almost like a horoscope where, you know, uh, a prophet says, uh, this week, God's going to do this. And uh, next week is prosperity week. And uh, the, the next week after that is blessing week for this. And week after week and month after month, nothing's changing. Why? Because the prophecies could be correct. That could be something that God is emphasizing. That could be a lifting anointing that God wants. But without the word, without, the, uh, without that in your heart, um, years go by, months go by. And you don't really see the supernatural element of God's blessing working in your life. So, my friends, I believe this is going to help those that have struggled with perhaps what I would call a machine gun mentality. Just blasting out all these scriptures all over the place. and uh, Well, this is what God said. By his stripes I'm healed. Yeah, or this or that or the other. And, uh, you know, you're going to get settled on certain words and just major on, on those. We've got too many shade tree mechanics in the church. Pastor Stephen, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that if you really want your car fixed, and if it's a new type car, don't take it to a, a shade tree mechanic. He, he could change the oil. He can probably fix the brakes, but today's cars are so complicated uh, that you have to have all you have to have these scanners, and you, they're different for every car company, and you've got to hook it up to a computer, and then you, you know, everything is uh, uh, the engine is uh, a computer uh, you know tuned and stuff like that. And so uh, some guy just working out of a little shop or sh sh working underneath the shade tree, he's not going to be able to fix it. And so we have a, a lot in the church where they, they, have some, they have some knowledge. They have some skill. They can, they, they've learned the lingo. They can talk to talk. But they can't blast the devil, and they can't blast the mountain because the heart is filled up with all kinds of other baloney. <laughs> Oh, glory to God. I remember years back uh, when Pensacola Revival was going on. And uh, I was, you know, Kelly and I were living in uh, Southern California. And uh, uh, there were people in church that were so worked up. You need to get to Pensacola. You, you need to get to the revival. Really, what they should have done is they should have gone to their house. They should have walked into the bathroom. And they should have looked at the mirror. And they should have said, I need to get to the revival. 
Because some of the ones that were like, oh, you need to go, you need to go, oh, that, that's it, that's it. Uh, no, no, brother, you probably need to go because uh, you don't know anything in the word. You're very unstabilized. And maybe if you go, that's straighten you out. Maybe you can get, uh, get uh, recalibrated or something like that. Praise God. Hallelujah. But even with the touch, even with the great outpouring of the spirit, even after a 40-day fast, hallelujah, you're going to still find yourself back uh, on planet earth, in a sense, facing mountains. Hallelujah. So you're going to have to have your cannon loaded. You're going to have to have your weapons of war prepared, and you're going to have to have your training rock solid. So if the ever, devil ever brings it to you, you're, he's going to be like, Ooh, man, that's a <laughs> whew, too fierce of a battle there. We're getting blasted to pieces there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching today that you make them into mighty warriors, champions of the faith. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. Hallelujah. No more firing like blank shots. Father, we thank you. This is a spiritual battle. The enemy only respects true authority. Father, we thank you. Let your anointing flow. Yes, we need revival. Yes, we need outpourings of your spirit. But Father, we have to be centered on your word. We give you praise. We give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what this will do for you? This will drive all flakiness and fruitiness and goofiness completely out of your life. No, it doesn't mean you can't have fun. It doesn't mean you can't tell a funny joke. But it will drive it will drive all flakiness out of your life, and it'll make, a, it'll make a general out of you, praise God. It'll make a leader in the army of God out of you, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, in closing, let me say I had a, uh, an apostle friend that I was very close to, and um, uh, he learned this the hard way about sometimes being a little too funny, being a little too cute with your jokes, and stuff like that. And uh, maybe, maybe people would think, oh, he was a little too serious. But when you realize uh, kind of uh, what's actually going on, you realize you have to be careful. So he was at his house one day, and he said, because uh, he was a very spiritual man, he'd prayed a lot. He said, he said while he was at his house, uh, uh, a door in the spirit realm began to open up. And he, he could perceive that it began to open up. And he kind of just jokingly said, he said, well, come on through, come on in. And he said, this demonic creature, this huge demon creature came through that spirit realm door and came into his house. He said, oh, he said, get out of here. He says, too late. You told me I could come. And he said, Stephen, he said, it took me two weeks to get that thing out of my, out of my life, out of my house. Because every time I'd try to cast it out, say, in the name of Jesus, get out. He said, no, you told me I could come through. You told me I could come through that door. <laughs> and he can't say, well, I was just joking because uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So he's very, very careful with words. And Jesus said we would be judged by the words that we speak. Praise God. Doesn't mean you can't have fun. And there's a, there's a great place for that. The joy of the Lord is our strength. But be careful. Be careful with things. Praise God. A lot of times people that 
they're not filled up with the word. They try to be funny. They get in the course jesting, crude joking, crude talk with, uh, uh, you know, kind of like a insinuation type dropping like a, a idea type things when they make certain statements. And um, God said, do not do that. He said, do not let any coarse jesting come out of your mouth. <laughs> wow. Praise the Lord. Praise God. But see, the reason people do that is their heart is full of something wrong. Doesn't mean they're not saved. Doesn't mean they're not born again. But they're, they're putting the wrong type of diet into their spiritual life. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The spirit realm is very dangerous. Um, anytime I've been in the spirit, the Holy Spirit is either taking me somewhere, God is either showing me something, or angels are with me. Um, but the, the second heaven is an extremely dangerous area because it is that realm where Satan has his strongholds and he rules as the prince of the power of the air. And in, the, in those types of realms, um, you either speak only as God would have you speak or you stay quiet. Praise the Lord. These are things we have to learn, especially as we get into the spirit. Hallelujah. Father, bless your people. I thank you that their mouth is the compass of their life. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to shout. This year is my year. Somebody that uh, perhaps had a, uh, a good year last year needs to say, this will be the greatest year ever I've had in my life. And you need to, you need to even make proclamations in your house or in your life concerning your finances, concerning your business, concerning your ministry and things like that. Praise God. Hallelujah. All to the glory of God, of course, all for his glory, all to his credit. Praise the Lord Jesus. If you're watching today's program, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. He's the only safe place. He's the only safe place. Hallelujah. One day you will be judged. Every single word that has ever come out of your mouth, you will be judged by it. Now, if you give your life to Jesus, every sin, failure, and mistake will be washed away with his blood. But if not, you'll stand before the Lord guilty on many charges, on many accounts, and your good deeds don't outweigh your bad deeds. Good people don't get to heaven. Only born-again people who are washed clean with the blood of Jesus get to heaven because you can never be good enough to get to heaven. One sin is enough to keep you out. So that's why you must be in Christ and belong to Him because He's the only one that paid the penalty for your sin. You could never pay it for yourself. All you deserve is the wages of your sin, which is spiritual death, being sent to hell, and then being thrown into the lake of fire. But Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for your deliverance. Now receive him into your heart. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me of my sins. I repent of all wrongdoing, and I give my life to you now. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. And from this day forward, I commit to live for you. Make your proclamation. Make your confession of faith. Say, Jesus, I belong to you. Hallelujah. 
In Jesus, in your name I pray, amen. Praise God. If you're embarrassed of him, if you're ashamed of him, he'll be embarrassed of you on the day of judgment. Make your proclamation. Open your mouth and make the good confession, I belong to God. I belong to Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. For those of you that have prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. The Lord is moving. Let's take Holy Communion together. Grab some unleavened bread, some grape juice. I use these little cups that you can order online or buy at any Christian bookstore. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. By the way, all of you that are sowing into the project for the purchase of the land, that project is moving forward. We need all of those funds in by February the 28th so that we can go to the closing and secure the property, okay, and purchase it. And so this is our down payment. We need 50000 down, and we're moving towards it. And uh, God's people are responding. Wonderful things are happening. But we need to stay on target and keep moving forward. Those of you that have not yet sowed, sow your best seed into this project. And you can do that at the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's the orange tab that says Projects. Click on that. You'll see the link that's called Field of Dreams. That's the 14 acres that we are under contract with to purchase. And that's where we're going to build the television studio to send a gospel message out around the world for the pure gold programs. If you want to mail in your gift, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now let's pray. Father, thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We set it apart as holy. We thank you that this is the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, when we look at it, it looks like a little piece of bread and looks like grape juice, but it's the flesh and the blood of Christ veiled under the form as what would appear to be bread and juice. So Father, we thank you for the body of the Lord as we receive it. We thank you, Father God, that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word in the Greek, every rhema word that comes out of the mouth of God. Father, we can only live spiritually by consuming your words that are life to us, not just information of the height or elevation of the city of Jerusalem, not just knowing the locations of the seven churches in Revelation, not just knowing the type of fish that swallowed Jonah, not just knowing the various types of leprosies and skin diseases that, that would afflict those that had those, uh, those problems. But Father, it's the living word that we feed on. And yes, Father, we love all the statistics and all of the wonderful information, but you designed our spirits to live on the rhema word. So, Father, we just thank you that that's what we're feeding on. And as we feed on it, we load our hearts, we fill our hearts, we load the cannon, and then we release the power and speak the creative word. Thank you, Father, for everyone that's coming out of debt and that your people, just go ahead and say that right now. Say, debt be paid off, uprooted, and moved out of my life, be thrown into the sea, and I will never go into debt again. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody you've struggled with an addiction. You've fallen. You've repented. You've gotten back up. Sometimes goes by and you fall again. Right now, say in the name of Jesus, I'm free. That cannot hold me down anymore. I go free today in the name of Jesus and let that be your statement of faith. Praise God. Keep your heart filled with the word of God. Remember, this is how you got saved. This is also how you get the victory or salvation in these other areas of your life. Father, thank you for the flesh of Jesus. We give you praise. In his name, amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me go back about 40 years. I'm thinking of a story. Let me jump back 40 years in time. I'm sitting in the back seat of a car. I think I was in the middle. I've got two brothers. My mom and dad had two sons. I'm the, I'm the middle one. One brother on the left, one brother on the right. We are just, we're on a vacation somewhere. We're driving and we're about to drive into a small town. You know how it was back in those days. You might have one stoplight, slow down, and uh, then you speed back up and go get out of the town. Then you speed back up to whatever the speed limit was. As we're going into the town, my father who knew a lot of scriptures, but didn't have critical insight on certain things that we would call the word of faith. My father, as we're driving, he's driving the car, as we're driving into the town, he says, I'll tell you one thing. If there's anybody that's going to get a ticket in this town, it'll be me. He said, you just watch and see, it'll be me. And within three seconds, as the Lord is my witness, you know, police lights are spinning in the back back behind our car. And my dad said, that just beats anything I've ever seen. And the policeman pulled him over, comes up to the window, says, sir, do you know how fast you're going? He goes, well, I guess I was going this. The policeman says, well, you're going faster than that. He said, I have to give you a ticket. And my dad said, he said, that just beats anything I've ever seen. And that, you know, I always remember that. See, he couldn't understand it. He couldn't understand. He got exactly what he said. And he lived, his whole, he lived his whole life, and he would never understand what we know as the word of faith. He never understood what we've covered today. Proverbs 18, verse 21. The power of life and death is right here. It's not over there somewhere. It's right here. It's not on another planet. It's right here. And he never understood that. He would say certain things, and they would just, they'd come to pass exactly like what he would say, but it would be something negative. And he never caught on that this is, this is a law, and I'm working it the wrong way. <laughs> Pastor Stephen, how'd you catch on? Somebody taught me, Charles Capps, Kenneth Hagin, and others, and you begin to realize, oh my goodness, whoo! See, you may not curse, you may not use profanity, but you may still have a dirty mouth because all you're doing is confessing wrong things. You may even be, as we would say, in the camp. You could be an Israelite, but you could be a spy who's giving a negative report that is so bad it crushes the, the assembly, the congregation of Israel, with hopelessness and despair. And God called it an evil report that came out of their mouths. Or you could be like Joshua and Caleb and say, hey, let's go take it. Matter of fact, let's go take it right now. 
Uh, we've heard their report, but hey, we can take these guys. God already told us the land is ours. So it's your choice today. Speak life. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask for repentance. We ask for cleansing for any wrong words that we have spoken contrary to the spirit of faith, contrary to what the apostle Paul called as the word of faith, contrary to your plan for our lives. So father, we just make those adjustments. We thank you for forgiveness. Thank you, father God, for the blood of Jesus flowing right now. And we thank you, Father, that blood is a, is a cleansing flow because there, there are some that it's almost like they're, they're in your family, but it's like they're almost constantly agreeing with other voices that don't agree with what your word says. So, Father, we thank you for revelation and the light coming on and for freedom. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's blood. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Clean through the shed blood of Christ. Praise God. Clean in Him. Glory. Glory to the Lord. Now, I see you doing great things this year. Proclaim that. I see great breakthroughs taking place in your life. Proclaim that. Hallelujah. Do it boldly. Acts chapter 14, it says they, they opened their mouth and spoke boldly. And when they spoke boldly, signs, wonders, and miracles began to happen. Pastor Stephen, I'd like to see some signs, wonders, and miracles. Then speak boldly. It happens when you open your mouth. Mm -mm. Go on record with your convictions and your beliefs. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, bless your people. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. My friends, thank you for watching today. Those of you that are partnering with us and helping us to reach that goal for the purchase of that land, thank you. I'm praying over every offering, every seed of faith as it comes in. Expect and believe God for a miracle harvest. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you back next time.